What's up, guys? It is Cody Wynn, and this is the Faith Growth Podcast, and today's topic is going to be on how to respond to um, struggling in your faith, and when you feel like you're losing faith, what is the solution to the problem? So with that being said, let's hop right into some scripture here and see what the Word of God has to say about the topic. So, um, you know, mind you, whenever I get any of these questions from you guys or find them elsewhere, have them myself, I go to the Bible before I go anywhere else. And I also want you to understand that everybody has these questions, right? Everybody has these same struggles. Um, So if you're feeling like, Cody, I've got a lot of questions about the Bible in regards to what is right, what's wrong, what's truth, then understand that you're just part of the party. I mean, you're part of everybody else. Um, Somebody doesn't have questions about the Bible and their reading and stuff like that, then I have to question whether they're actually living biblically um, or whether they're actually born again or not. Um, Because if you're acting like you already have all the answers, then you either don't care enough to check or you're just not interested enough in God's word. So with that being said, um, let's hop into the word of God. First place that we're going to go is to Romans 10. So it says here in verse 16, or excuse me, verse 17, it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And now we're going to go over to Hebrews 12 real quick. And I want to tie these scriptures in together because they play in tandem with each other. And excuse me, I meant to say Hebrews 11. And verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not yet seen. By it, men of old gained approval. So faith is a big deal to God, right? And if you're losing faith, um, then you're losing the very substance of what your salvation is built upon. Then goes on in Hebrews eleven six. To say, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you come to God, you have to believe that he is, that he is who he says he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm going to go one more place here real quick. James 1, here in verse 5, it says, But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask for it. And God, who gives generously and without reproach, and it will be given to you. Um, and it says, But if he asks, in f- uh, but he must ask in faith without any doubt, because if he does doubt, uh, he is like the surf of the sea driven, tossed to and fro by the wind. For a man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, but being double minded, man unstable in all of his ways. And then it goes on to say, uh, if you draw near to the Lord, that he will draw near to you. That's a promise in scripture. It's a promise of God that if we draw near to him, that he'll draw near to us. I mean, we see this all of the time throughout the Old and New Testament. Both is that if you seek God and if you diligently seek him, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that he wants to be in relation with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants you to be close to him. And he's willing to pay a very high price to do so. Matter of fact, that price that he was willing to pay was his son on the cross, right? We see in the Old Testament that in Hebrews 11, if you keep on reading, the whole thing is about faith. And it says, by faith, Abraham went to a country far off. And by faith, Abraham trusted that she could have a kid. And by faith, Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, knowing that even if he had to murder his own son, that God would raise him from the dead. By faith, by faith, by faith. It talks about all of these things that men of old did to gain approval. And then it stops and it specifies, these are men who didn't even receive the promise till death. 
Even until death, even in death, they still never received this promise that they were fighting so hard for. And they still had faith. One more thing is this promise that they were searching for was receiving God with them, right? Christ in us, the hope of glory, like Colossians says. They never received that ever. They never received Emmanuel, God with us. Yet you and I do have God with us, right? Through agency of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, Romans 8 tells us that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us. And because of that, we have all, all of the power that God had in Jesus. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. That's really encouraging. And that should be really, really uh, convicting to us as well when we see that we're not living in the same amount of obedience that we see the men of old that gained approval living in. People like Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, right? These are men of faith that had such powerful faith and they didn't even have the Holy Spirit with them. They didn't have the comforter that lived with them. And we'll do a series on the Holy Spirit as well. That's going to probably be a quite a long uh, section because there's so much that goes into the Holy Spirit and so much missed points on both sides of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit's role is. But with that being said, back to the, the topic at hand here, how do I grow in my faith, right? What, is it, what does that have to do with anything, Cody? I get it. We're supposed to have it and I don't have it. Well, the very first scripture we read in Romans says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Those who diligently seek him will find him. If you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you liberally without measure. That's how badly God wants you to have this wisdom. So what's the answer? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You need to know the word of God to build this faith that you have. And the more you hear it, the more your faith will be built. So the first question I have for you is, are you reading your Bible on a daily basis without fail? Answer that question for me. It's a yes or no question, by the way. It is not a, okay, so, and then you're going into your, no, 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 yes or no, do you read your Bible every single day without fail? Because if you don't read your Bible every single day without fail, then that means that you do not have the faith that you need to have. You don't have the full extent of the faith that you're able to have in Christ. And the only way you're ever going to get that is by you diligently seeking the Lord. So here's the kicker. I would be convinced to say you probably don't diligently seek the Lord. I know that's a hard truth to hear, but it's the reality. You probably do not diligently seek God. Well, actually, matter of fact, I'll tell you straight up. You do not diligently seek God if you don't read your Bible on a daily basis. You can't. I mean, I mean, God has laid it out clearly in scripture, Matthew 4, 4, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? Psalms 1, that if you delight in the law of the Lord daily, that you're like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. And when storms come, you won't be budged. But those who are not are like chaff that's going to be tossed to and fro by the wind and burnt up in an unquenchable fire. That's if we don't delight in God's word. That's what the scriptures say about us. And here's the thing that even on top of that really blows me away is do you know how many people, do you know how many people, groups and nations and tongues would die to have a Bible? that have died just to see, have the word of God that they can cherish. And you probably have multiple Bibles in your room right now. And we take for granted, we, I mean, it is so disrespectful what we do with the word of God. I mean, we don't take it seriously at all. I mean, I mean, I, I mean straight up guys, it, it is a concern to me if you would rather listen to me speak than listen to the word of God speak to you. And this is the exact same thing that we saw with Exodus uh, in Mount Sinai when Moses is going up the mountain to find the Ten Commandments. And he had, he had people, all of the Israelites, just got freed from Egyptian slavery, right? I mean, they were tormented and beaten for years. 
and they finally get free from this. And then they go to the bottom of the mountain and Moses is the only one who chooses to go up the mountain. And, and, and they all wanted him to get all these divine revelations from God. They didn't want to go up the mountain themselves. They wanted the Moses to do all the work for them. It's like, you just got freed from this bondage and now you're putting yourself in bondage to another man. He just happens to be an Israelite. Thankfully, Moses was obedient for the most part. But like, why would you want to be in bondage to what another man says? I give my life to Christ um, when I was 17. And one of the big foundational things in my walk with Christ, right when I gave my life to Jesus was somebody said, hey, do you know if what the pastor said this past week was correct or not? And I said, well, of course it is. He's the pastor. And their response was actually, he said four things that were like fundamentally incorrect about the gospel. And that rocked my world, guys. At that time, because I was just like, wait, wait, so the pastor could be wrong about something? I never even had considered the fact that the pastor could be wrong. Because I'm like, he's the one that's supposed to be holding the oracles of God. And to figure out he was wrong made me realize I don't actually know God at all. Like, at all, at all, I don't know God. I know what other people have to say about God, but I don't know God personally. So if, if somebody's just, tr- just giving me this whole lie about the, the, the gospel, about God, about salvation, then I could die and go to hell today. And then I started thinking, whoa, 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 wait. So there's people who are like practically pastors in, in, in Islamic mosques too. How do I know that they're wrong? And then I, I went down this huge trail of going, how do I know any of this is right? So I went on this pursuit of truth. I had desired truth above all else. I wanted to know what truth was more than I wanted my next breath. And I know it because I did anything and everything I could to make sure that I could understand and find truth and learn truth without anybody getting in my way. So I started reading my Bible the day of salvation without fail to this day. I mean, I still have read my Bible every single day without fail. And I started studying all these different world religions and I started studying apologetics. That's the fancy phrase for most of you know me from TikTok. You know these arguments I make against uh, atheism, agnosticism, uh, Islam, Judaism, so on and so forth. That is called apologetics, giving you a defense for your faith. And I started studying these things because I wanted to make sure that I knew whether the God that I claimed to serve or not was even real and if it was the right one. So I started busting my butt and this is what I encourage you guys so strongly to do. You're not going to know whether it's true or not unless you find it out for yourself. That's why I tell people all the time, like, if you want to know truth, don't listen to me, listen to God. I'd love to give you all the scriptural references and everything, but you need to know for yourself whether what I'm saying is right or not. I could be twisting this whole thing just to fit my own agendas or to try to trick y'all or try to deceive you so I can get money out of you or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Clearly, that part's not the case, but you get my point. You know, you guys need to know truth for yourself, and the only way you're going to find it is by diving into God's word first and foremost. So point one get into the word and read daily. Point two, just says, he who diligently seeks me will find me. And I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek. Do you seek God or do you diligently seek God or do you not do either? I know a lot of you are probably listening right now and going, Cody, honestly, I don't even seek him, let alone diligently seek him. If you're going, Cody, what does it look like to diligently seek him? Well, the answer to that is, are you making seeking God the number one priority of your life? Is there anything in your life that means more to you than seeking after God? Because if so, you do not diligently seek God. You might have a desire to follow him, kind of, but you don't diligently seek him. And this is what we see regularly in the Gospels, right? We see people that are following Jesus, that have an interest in Jesus. And whenever the crowds are mentioned in Scripture, it's always a reference in people who are claiming to want to know Jesus, but are not willing to give up what it costs to be a Christian. 
Read Luke 14 for yourself. It talks about the crowds following Jesus and him turning around and saying, if you aren't going to pick up your cross and deny yourself daily, get out of here. He says, if, 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 if you're not willing to hate your mother, brother, father, and sister, receiving your own life, then I don't want you to try to follow me right now. Like, cause you're not going to follow me. And he says, you need to count your costs. Like if you're not willing to sell your possessions and give them to the poor, then, then you're not worthy of the calling that I've called you to as being a believer. I mean, these are heavy things Jesus is saying. And then he, in Matthew 13, parable in the sower, see, he goes up to a huge crowd, crowd of people following him. I mean, you know, we can guess it's anywhere from 500 to several thousands of people following him. And he says, you know what, here, you guys want a sermon? Here's a sermon. There's a, 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 a um, there was a farmer <clears throat> and he threw some seeds there. They died there. They died there. They died and there they lived. See you guys next week. I mean, if that was preached at your church this upcoming week, I mean, the pastor would get fired. No one would come back, right? Yet Jesus said, this is the perfect sermon for you to preach. So what have we missed that Jesus has gotten so right? I mean, even his own disciples said, dude, that sucked, right? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But it's like, dude, that sucked. Like, what, why, did, why did you say that to him? Like, everyone walked away. And Jesus like, yeah, I know they did. And that's exactly what I wanted them to. I wanted them to walk away. He said, having ears to hear, they didn't even want to hear what I was saying. He's saying, having eyes to see, they didn't even care to see what I was trying to show them. So if they're not even willing to come up to me and talk to me afterwards on what I actually meant by what I was saying, then they're not fit to be my disciples. He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, they're not fit to be my disciples at all. He's like, I don't want, I don't, I'm not interested in having them follow me if they're not. Those are heavy words of Jesus. So I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to just walk along Jesus and be part of the crowd? Or are you looking to diligently seek Jesus? Are you, are you looking to actually diligently seek him with everything that you have? So that when Jesus asks you a question, or he says something that maybe doesn't make a lot of sense to you, that you're going, nothing is going to get in the way of me knowing this God. Nothing is going to get in the way. Unfortunately, I believe that the majority of the church today is not willing to make that claim right there. They're saying that they'd like to know a little more about him, but they're not saying that they would want to diligently seek him above all else. If they lose everything else they have in their lives just to have him, that it would mean that much to him. I don't, I don't believe that people are, are currently in that position. And the last point that I want to touch on is if you're doing everything that I just mentioned, if you're reading your Bible daily, if you're spending time on your knees daily with the Lord and you're still saying, Cody, I struggle with faith, then there's one more thing that I want to suggest to you, and that is setting apologetics. First um, Peter 3.15 says, be ready at all times to give a defense for the hope that is within you. And this is really uh, something that all Christians should do, regardless of whether you're struggling in your faith not faith or not, excuse me. But this is what you see me do in my TikTok videos, as I said. I'm giving a defense for my faith so that when skeptics ask me, I can give an answer for it. Um, this is not something that you should be using in a, a way where, you know, when, whenever you meet someone on the streets, you just run them through 40 minute long debates, but the purpose is so that you use uh, intentionality behind what you're doing. Right. And that with every single, every single person you speak with, when they have one single question about whatever apologetic question that you can give them an effective answer to whatever they're struggling with. So uh, this will help significantly grow your faith as well. So it's first will incredibly help your faith and it will also affect um, the people around you's faith who are struggling in there. So between these two things, or three things, excuse me, that I'd mentioned, between reading your Bibles daily, between studying apologetics, and between spending time on your face before God in prayer, I assure you that you will no longer have to have this concern about struggling in your faith, about being weak in the faith, um, about not knowing whether God exists or not. doesn't mean that you'll never have questions. You'll always have questions, but it will change whether you're actually losing faith in God or not. Um, I have never since the day of salvation felt like God wasn't real or like, uh, you know, I, I had messed up with following Christianity or anything like that. Never once has that concern 
came across my mind, but also this is coming from somebody who has been diligent in reading daily and seeking God and finding him. So if you're going to do those things, then I, I assure you you'll find him because he wants you to. But if you're not, then I assure you that you'll struggle with your faith for a very long time until you do so. So that's it for this one, guys. As always, if you could subscribe if you haven't already, and if you could um, leave a, a rating, that would be much appreciated for us. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Cody C. Wynn, W-I-N-N, Cody C. Wynn. And um, feel free to check out the YouTube channel as well. There's a lot of stuff that I'm posting there. Every day that I'm not posting content on my podcast, I'll be posting stuff on the YouTube channel. So if you want to be able to listen to more of the content, then feel free to go over there, smash the subscribe button, and uh, check out all the stuff that we've got going on YouTube. Thanks, guys.